Welcome to the VoxGig podcast. We talk to people in the developer community about developer relations, public speaking, and community events. For more details, visit voxgig.com slash podcast. All right, let's get started. Let's talk to Pavan Belagati. We talk about the importance of technical writing as a skill for developer advocates. We talk about the rise of developer relations in the Indian tech scene. And we speak about the importance of consistency and building your own brand as a developer advocate. This interview is all about the practical day-to-day stuff. Alrighty, let's talk to Pavan. Pavan, hello. It is great to have you here today on the Fireside with Box Gig podcast, talking about developer relations. Welcome. Hi, Richard. I'm and actually here. Let's let's go and talk about developer relations, content creation, and all that. All those things. Cool. Yeah, you have quite a bit. You have quite a bit of experience. Uh, you've been doing this for. Um, you've been doing this for quite a while, I suppose. Um, let's start maybe with um, who you're currently working for, but also then um, what's well, you know, what are the the kind of the three most important things that you've learned about developer relations? What's your advice to somebody who thinks maybe this is a career I want to do? So currently, I'm working with a single store. It's a database company, modern relational database company, which uh, most of the generative AI applications uh, are using. And most of the big, big companies uh, are using Uber and all. Uh, Sony, these guys are using uh, single store database. Wow. That's so, yeah, uh, yeah. So I started uh, developer relations when I joined uh, Harness. Uh, they gave me this opportunity to start as a developer relations guy, developer advocate. Uh, before that, I was not that uh, quite technical. I used to talk uh, more of an overview kind of things, thought leadership articles. But then, you know, it came a point where I had to become, I had to become deep uh, to, you know, uh, because my audience is developers because I need to talk in their language then only they'll understand. So that's why I started uh, writing a lot of uh, technical tutorials, not just a uh, overview, more of a a hands-on kind of tutorials. So that's one thing. Uh, People who want to pursue this uh, developer relations, they should be well aware of what is happening in the industry so that they can use that trending thing to talk about it, maybe write about it, like GitOps, like serverless, uh, like generative AI. Now generative AI is uh, the buzz everywhere. Yes, yes. So they should know that. They should do content writing and they should also know how to talk on the stage to go on different uh, meetups and all. So because end of the day, people want to see who is this guy behind the scenes who is just writing. So that's also one reason I'm doing yeah. podcasts and also some videos. Well, I have I have a question for you, Baban, right? Which is, yeah. I know that writing is really important. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I started my career as, as, a, as just a, plain software developer. So uh, apart from writing, I don't know, some specifications or proposals, I didn't really do a lot of writing for the first 10 years. Um, I did some writing in in university, you know, essays or whatever. Uh, And I know it's important, but I find it very difficult. (laughs) I find it very difficult uh, to, to, you know, make sure, I, I don't know, write one article a week or stick to a system. Sometimes I, I, you know, I spend a whole morning and I write one article. Yay, I wrote an article. 
but then nothing happens for a month. Um, my open source is is documentation uh, is the same. You know, some things are really well documented; others are almost right. nothing. Um, where do you are? You, where do you create the discipline to write? <laughs> how can I do it professionally? Yeah, when did you start? Like, how did I start? Like, while I I didn't know anything about DevOps, but DevOps company hired me as a marketing manager. So, what type of marketing will you do if you don't know the product? And also, if you don't know where which list you're in. So, DevOps was very new to me. And so then I, I I started thinking, what type of uh, what reach out these developers? So, uh, one thing I I understood in the beginning that developers are the smartest folks, very creative folks on earth. But they're kind of most of them. Uh, don't take me uh, wrong, guys. But they're kind of shy. They yeah, want to yeah. stick to their laptops. They want to code. They want to. So I thought, like, why not take this opportunity? Uh, try telling some such stories that that are there. What type of, uh, for example, database Uber is using? What type of uh, uh, maybe uh, what is service mesh? Uh, just explaining in, in in simple words, layman terms, so that it can reach even the beginners and the students, the folks. That's how I started. That's how I started almost four or five years back. Yeah. And I I I has not taken off. So initially I went like like two likes, three likes, there was no reach. But I got to know that if I have to be in this industry, we need to be consistent. And in the, that time I thought like coding is not my forte. I, I, I should not be coding because it takes a lot of time. Uh, I don't know how good I will be if I start coding and all, but but that was the wrong decision. I was, I was saying, I should have started. I mean, about um, coding stuff and all. But I, I started just like last two years. I started coding, and I understand Node.js and yes. Python. So yeah, consistency is very important when creating content. Like you said, one month you, you just see, you feel like okay, nothing is happening. Maybe this is not for me. But that should not be the case. You should be consistent enough. You should be connect, and also connecting with the right people also makes a lot of sense. I'm, uh, I'm a DevOps guy, you know, working in a DevOps company as a tech marketer or a developer advocacy. I'm connecting to some data science folks. There's a kind of mismatch. Yeah. They might not write much about many things. What I might be writing because I'm not talking much about data science and what they want. It also, like, that's what I started doing. Let me see who are these guys who are liking my post. Let me go and connect with them. I started that. Those things are very important, like connecting with the right people so that you can create right content. And also the timing. Because I want, if I just create in the Indian time, Indian time zone, maybe LinkedIn's algorithm will not show it to the Western folks. Yeah. So yeah. I started creating two two posts, one for Indian time, 11 a.m. And in the night time, my night time, uh, around 8 p.m. IST, 9 p.m., I started creating so that it reaches that part of the world also. Okay. So pay, pay, pay attention to time zones for sure. Uh, yes. And, and to achieve consistency, do do you do you just do that um with like a, a regular schedule or do you use any tools like content calendars at, or is it just discipline? Yeah, I know. 
this automatically comes down to like this is what I do even if I join a company. Uh, basically, you can call it a any fancy name like for marketers, there's a term called growth hackers. Yeah. So you can call it a maturity technical. If a, if a company hires you, then you will be called developer advocate or a technical evangelist or developer evangelist. So end of the day, that's what uh, my thing is. So I did not follow any kind of schedule, but I knew that of course, let's not make it more complicated that let's not bombard my audience or my my followers with no of course it's not think this time is like irritating like guess I'm following I guess they told who properly I do engineering stories basically basically yeah. telling them not just the the word not just the thought leadership type because people want to see some kind of code and also that so I st- slowly started writing technical uh, stories Gotcha. And do you work on um, the community side as well? So meetups, conferences, yeah, that type of yeah, stuff. Do, yeah. So do you organize or do you speak or attend? I I, I did all that in my in my journey. Yeah. I would organize small meetup, meetups and small uh, conferences and all. Uh, and also I attend, as part of developer advocacy team, I attend some conferences. So why, if I'm if I'm running, if I'm running a new software as a service company, DevTools company, why should I set up a meetup? You mean the meetup.com? Is it? A- yeah. Why should I run a meetup? Uh, actually, the people who come to meetup, it's like physically. Yeah, I mean, there, there are online events and physical events, but meetups actually used to happen physically before. Yeah. Now, after COVID, it's all online. But now, again, the physical events are taking place. But people, folks who want to attend your meetups, they usually happen in Saturday and Sundays, their weekends. These folks are kind of uh, serious folks who want to actually know your product and services. So I believe that's why it's very important, even if 15 people attend uh, your meetups and uh, meetups or conferences. If uh, Okay, so so let's get out to some of the more difficult questions <laughs> uh, some people say uh that the or some i guess perhaps non-technical leadership in some companies would see developer relations as just another part of sales right mm-hmm. you're supposed to be generating leads um and i think a lot of people in developer relations feel it's more about community building um but yeah. But companies must make money, right? So how do you balance this need for um, sales with treating developers the right way? Yeah, this is quite a question that that comes up every now and then that where actually developer relations fit in. Is it? Yes, yes. Should there be under engineering or should there be under marketing? But I feel... It's it's the balance that makes it uh, go really smooth in the companies. But uh, what I what I believe is uh, kind of influence, not just talking about their companies, about their company products or services, but actually telling the folks the right way to do engineering. Stuff. Right. Engineering. Yeah. 
But in between here, we need to talk about your company stuff. But that I think even the audience will understand. Mm-hmm. I know this guy is from Single Store. That's why he wants us to use Single Store database because Single Store database is uh, all the hype uh, because of the generative AI applications and all. So I will do that. That's why I, I always believe that if you're in marketing, the marketing or a developer, okay, uh, a little bit of uh, influence and styling is also good for you. So I will have a little kind of following for you because yeah. Yeah. you act as a faith of the company. So uh, that's what I believe. believe and, uh, yeah, even I... No, we, were talking, we were talking about this a little bit uh, before we started recording. The, the, the other challenge with that is, of course, you, you have this personal brand. A lot of developer <laughs> relations people end up with this personal brand. How important is that? Uh, very much. Yeah. Very much. If you ask me, very much, I'll be very biased because <laughs> I'm not, I've been there. That's what I wanted to become because I started my career as a as a growth hacker when marketing gave it a fancy name called growth hacking. Yes. Unconventional ways of uh, reaching out your audience or making some, uh, do some uh, marketing strategies. So you can name it anything, but end of the day, uh, even now with with the generative AI, anybody can write. How do you differentiate who who is the eligible guy here? So what makes sense more sense now is like yeah, maybe Richard has right in a cycle. I should be reading it, or some new guy has written whose name you don't know in the industry much. And you'll see his track record. He has not written much. That's how the industry thinks because. Uh, when I started pitching uh, in my career to the publications, guys, I have written one article. Can you please publish this on your website? They said, "Who are you? Yeah, like what is the track record that you have? Have you yeah have you done this before?" So that's when I started writing on Medium, F. Two, uh, on my LinkedIn because these are free service. Free thing where you can just go sign up and start writing. Yeah, personal branding is very important. And that raises uh, another issue, which is: um, Do you just end up chasing followers then? Right. So I want to get five k followers, ten k, uh, and and you start writing content that's clickbait and not valuable. So where where's the balance? It's always the balance, but to but you need to validate your your content. That's how you use and all this medium where it's free. You just go, right? Yeah. Um, you might you might add some prepared things and all, but end of the day, that's not, that will not bring you any needs. You will end up with maybe more likes. And also, that's again a, a bad reputation for you and your, your company. It doesn't, it doesn't actually it. build yeah. your brand, does it? Then your company will say, hey, Pawn, you have written that, but it's not bringing us anything. I can tell them hey, it's getting us more likes, but but that doesn't validate the more thing. So yeah. end of the day, it's again the quality over the quantity. So, yep. You've worked in uh, developer relations and developer advocacy in a number of different companies. Um, did they all use the same kinds of measurement or different measurements or no measurement? This is a big question, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It depends on the manager to manager. 
some people wanted more leads no matter what whether it is a quality lead or whether it is someone just coming and giving their gmail id just going away not using the product uh, some people actually wanted more quality emails. Yeah. They wanted to see which, uh, who is this guy that signed up to our webinar? Who is this guy who signed up for a free trial? So yeah, it, it depends on the company to company and the manager to manager. But I, I, think, I always, yeah. I think this is, uh, I mean, it's exciting because it's new, but it's also very frustrating for people who work in yep. developer relations because every, uh, and you've just shown this and it, happens again and again with a lot of people. Every company is different. There doesn't yeah. seem to be a best practice. Um, yeah. I feel it must be, there must be another five years before we all collectively decide on what the real best practice is, right? Um, yeah. Everybody knows with software development, you know, you should have unit testing and CI, CD, and, you know, you should be using yeah. infrastructure as code. Yeah. But what what are the same things in developer relations? I don't know yet. Right. You know, then, what is the what is the right way to do it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's still I've been in new. Uh you know not I would not say it's very, very, very new. It's 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 good because most of the software engineers only became developer advocates because they knew coding, they knew they knew exactly how developers think. Yeah. Uh but again, now I see that most of the non-technical folks like me also becoming advocates. Yeah. So, yeah. so and also companies have so most of the companies have this confusion uh, that where 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 developer advocacy fits in 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 their department. So yeah, I think it will take some more time. Just like DevOps, how how will you define DevOps? In different company will have different definitions of DevOps. So another uh, another question I had for you uh, is uh, is developer relations a good career choice uh, in India? So if you're an Indian developer and you're looking at developer relations, do you think it's um, the Indian uh, IT scene, software developer scene is is really really huge, right? Um, is there significant differences with I don't know if you decide to be a developer relations in Europe or America? Um, I, I, I just like to get some, just kind of get an interesting yeah. perspective on that. Yeah, very interesting question. I see, I see developer advocates slowly popping up in India because India produces the more number of engineers, software yes. engineers. So yeah, why not have a have one of your developer advocates in in this uh, India, so that uh, he is technical and he he can also reach out to a lot of folks out here right that yes. if you have to come down from us or uk it's going to take not just money and your time and all that but having one a developer advocate here in india is is really important is what i'm seeing and also i see some of my friends becoming like developer advocates which was not the trend before yeah okay and do you think uh do you think indian software startups software as a service companies Dev tools companies, uh, are they are we starting to see more developer relations activity yeah. from them? This is now yes. considered an important activity in the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even I see that uh, a lot of these startups, Indian startups, they are hiring developer advocates these days. 
yeah, it's good to hear. Uh, of course, we be- yeah. we do this, so we believe in the career. <laughs> and, um, there are some people uh, and uh, some blog posts and videos recently of people who were working as developer advocates and have decided mm-hmm. to stop and mm-hmm. go back to being developers. And the main problem that they say is uh, they don't see a way to improve their career. They're afraid okay. of getting kind of stuck, right? That's, um, it's very hard to, where do you go? Where does, de- where does a, where does a developer advocate go? Right? I mean, okay. Maybe then you become a manager of developer advocates. Um, are, do, do you, are, do you have any concerns about that? Do you, do you worry about that at all? I, I don't worry about it. This is where I want to be. And, yeah. uh, I'm ha- very happy doing this. I think it, it, it comes down to uh, your personal choice. You might be liking more, you might be thinking that developer advocacy is more of coding. Uh, right. But it is not in coding. It's a balance of both marketing and you need to be well uh, versed with your coding skills also on a day-to-day basis to understand your product and all that. But again, like I said, it's, it's the preferences that you have, and also, you might have given the wrong company and the lo- wrong yeah. people. They might be telling you, you might be good in coding, but they might be telling you, hey, just go and speak there. I just want you to do that. They go just do content writing. I want you to do that. Then you are. Then your perspective will change. Like you will, you will be thinking, hey, I really like coding. Should I be doing this thing? I think if it happens two, three times in your career, that's when you feel like, okay, developer advocacy is not for me because I like coding. But for me, it's the other way around. I come from a non-tech background. I started to become a thinker, but developer advocacy has given me uh, both marketing side of me and also the technical side of me. So I balance it out and it's working out for me. Yeah, okay. I think those are good points. Um, And I think it's fair to say that if you work as a developer advocate, you do a lot of different things, right? There's a lot of context switching, different types of jobs. Um, right. And you you sort of have to like that, right? If you just want to, as you say, <laughs> if you're a shy developer and you just want to code, um, yeah, you can see how it, you would be unhappy yes. um, because you're not able to code all the time. Um, I think that is, yeah, I think that is an important thing to realize. It is not for everybody. Yes. Uh, you have to be a generalist, right? Exactly. Yeah. It also uh, depends on the big companies and the startups. And the company. You might define developer advocacy according to their rules. Right? Yeah. In a startup, you have to do everything, of course, right? Which is, a lot of <laughs> which yes. is the problem. And sometimes the founders expect you to be a developer relations team and not just yeah. one developer advocate. Yes. Uh, yeah. I do all the stuff. Um, in a bigger company, I suppose you can specialize maybe do more of the code samples versus the conference speaking or whatever. Um, yeah. I am going to finish with one other question, one final question. So how important is open source participation to being a developer advocate, to building your personal brand? And I think this goes back to a point that you made about um, you have to be believable with your content, right? If you're just writing clickbacks, right. it's not believable. Um, does 
making open source contributions help to make you trust, help people to trust you as a developer? Or developer yeah, of course. Advocate? I mean, yeah. A little um, not right. Uh, for me, it's not the right thing because I don't come from a coding or a programming background. But nice. Yeah, contributing to open source will give a lot of uh, trust back authority that you can tell the company that is hiring you that thing. I contributed to communities. I have contributed to this particular open source project. So then that will give you, they will understand, yeah, this guy has more potential. He can do it. And also contributing to open source will give that personal brand that we were talking about. But Pat, I would share. say yeah. you are able to contribute to open source uh, in a much more important way, right? Because the thing that's missing from a lot of open source is good mm -hmm. documentation and examples yes. and all that stuff, exactly. right? So what a lot of open source projects are missing is good writing. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so I would exactly. say to you, yeah, you could make a, a big impact, bigger than you think. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, uh, some days I'll take some time and maybe do that, yeah. <laughs> the... Um, yeah, it's 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 funny because uh, a lot of developers just do open source because they just want to write their own code. Um, yeah. But then it gets used by people, and then there's no documentation. And yes, I mean yeah. I'm guilty of this as well because it's hard to write the documentation right. Uh, yes. I think a lot of open source projects are very grateful for anybody who writes documentation for them. Um, yep. I, I would I would say <laughs> that's a market opportunity. That's uh, that that's. Yeah, yeah, place where you can make an impact. Uh, yes. Paman, thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting. Um, I'm was really, really glad Thanks. to have you and to 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 talk about developer relations. And also, I think uh, you offer a lot of encouragement to someone who didn't start out as a coder, but it's a perfectly valid career path. So, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Goodbye. Bye bye. You can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on our podcast page at voxgeek.com slash podcast. Subscribe for weekly editions where we talk to the people who make the developer community work. For even more, read our newsletter. You can subscribe at voxgeek.com slash newsletter or follow our Twitter at voxgeek. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.